0: live right now man it's going down excited for the season you know we coming off a playoff win i mean you know we had a couple wins hello and welcome to episode 144 of the brew podcast I'm Kyle Carr, and I'm back after a much-needed week off and time spent in Door County. It was great. It was not proud of the tourists at all. Still got my feeling of beer, wine, and cheese as well. So uh, all is well. As you can tell, since I'm doing this, Adam is not joining us. He is currently watching the pack game, which is a choice that Adam decided to make. I would not put myself through that stress, but that is here nor there. I am thankfully joined by my good friend Riley Feldman. Riley, how's it going?
1: It's going well. It's nights like these that make me appreciate that I no longer closely follow the Packers at all. I know they're playing. I know they have to win to the playoffs. And I hope for all the Packers listeners that when this comes out, (laughs) that your season is still continuing. Uh, It's been good by us quiet week nothing too crazy um went over to a friends of mine today and we played a lot of magic the gathering for a couple hours so i was trying to figure was... out if that's
0: what it was on your instagram story because i saw that that, like is, that I... is what it was okay yeah
1: yeah um so that was fun and uh yeah just chilling out that a lot more fun doing that today than watching the milwaukee bucks but we'll get into that shortly here
0: yeah i mean you know, the nice thing, and I did listen to the last week's episode, and no one has sent me a complaint so far. So while I am thankful that my Twitter mentions didn't get blown up, I'm also slightly disappointed that none of you had anything to complain about to me. Probably because YouTube covered it so well, and I think most of the complaints were stuff I would have said. And I'm actually working on my monthly What We Learned article, and right now I'm doing December. And yeah, the basketball was really, really bad in december and they still won some games but it was bad it didn't get better this week (laughs) well
1: were we an over 500 team in december i have to assume so
0: uh yes it wasn't by much but yes the bucks were over 500 okay just
1: (laughs) but just barely so was there was there any complaints like key one that adam and i had last week that you would have brought up or like maybe emphasized a little bit more since you didn't get a chance to do the full complaint and there's still plenty of reason to complain this week. So is there something that we had missed or you wanted to emphasize more specifically from your angle?
0: Well, I mean, Chris Middleton, I'm still expecting to hear that he is having season ending surgery because I don't know what the hell happened to this man, but this is past knee is. Like this is something wrong with the knee. We are we are past the oh yeah, he's just he's just out with knee soreness. No, no, Giannis has knee soreness, misses a game or two, and then he comes back. Drew every once in a while has knee soreness. Like Joe Ingalls came back from ACL and they do maintenance on that. That all makes sense. Chris just suddenly has knee soreness and it's been like three weeks. Actually, we're pushing a month and we have no update. We don't know when he's coming back. I am still convinced we're going to get the message of, yeah, he actually has, he's going to have surgery and we're probably not going to see him to the playoffs. I-, I am just convinced at this point. So that's probably the it's, one that I would have hammered.
1: Uh, I'm like, you know, knee surgery. And then we see him by the playoffs. We're like, if we're going to be doing knee surgery, I hope they're thinking about that sooner rather than later. Cause <laughs> we need, please, we need Chris back in some form, even if it, and, knowing that he is out for a specific time, I hope they have an idea of whatever his timeline is. If it's just the knees not responding, I just, you hope that they have an idea of what their timeline is just for trade season. Because right now the difficulty with making any sort of decisions about trades is we don't know if Chris is okay. They'll have a better idea of where he's at. I guess maybe it's a little bit, better that he's not out there absolutely sucking i don't don't really know what like the best the best you know situation is but i i don't envy john horse trying to figure out what the right move is not knowing what chris is going to look like
0: yeah because it's like you either need to get another wing to compensate for the fact that chris is out so that's option one and again if chris is like if you're confident chris is going to come back and he gets back to how he was last season before he got injured you can work with that that's not too bad like you you can manage with that or you get another guard because George Hill is old and now he has some kind of illness and he's been out plus old and you can't really rely on that Javon Carter is seemingly seeing his stock drop more and more every game And then Drew, if he's also not hurt, again it just leaves things out where you're kind of just sitting there like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen. And that's kind of the other aspect. But then who do you – and I think the other part is, who are you going to trade? Like, yes, Grayson Allen. But how much are you really going to get for a package that includes Grayson Allen, George Hill, Jordan Wara? You're not –
1: it goes green on the ESPN trade machine, that it must be good, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> well, like... I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, in that vein, so, like, Mitchell, um, he posted a piece, I think, was it just today or yesterday? I think it might have been yesterday, um, called Hold'em or Fold'em, um, essentially asking about the trades, trade deadline is just coming up, and I'm not sure what to make of the first-round pick, the 2029 first-round pick, like... It's it's hard to evaluate because if you want to do like the poo-poo platter of Grayson Allen, Hill, and Wara to someone, what does that get back? Are we going to have to include the first? What caliber of a player do you want to get for the first? Is the first even that valuable? Presumably it is, but it's so far out that it's not like a big first, you know, if that makes sense. Like, I don't but think it has. Might has it. it might be. Yeah, it's, like, it's very strange.
0: Yeah. That's six years from now. If Giannis even does stay, we're looking at year 16 of Giannis, which, I mean, I still feel company is going to be a good player, but is he going to be good enough that it's like, yes, you're willing to sell your future to win another title? I don't know. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You would think by then, like, the likes of Brooke and Drew and Chris wouldn't be there, but then who and what they do with those contracts, who knows? But it's... I don't love the idea of just throwing out first rounders. Like we don't have any first rounders, and if there's anything the Bucks need to do, it's get younger.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of this core is still there. Six years from now, <laughs> we still we still have Wes. We still have George. <laughs> <laughs> George
0: back <laughs> is still there. Thanasis <laughs> is definitely going to be there.
1: Yeah, Thanasis is here until Giannis is literally passed from this earth. He's just a forever Buck. So yeah, now this. We'll talk more about trade stuff as we kind of get closer to the trade deadline, but this week did not answer any sort of questions about direction of the team or who can get traded or what we
0: should be prioritizing at all, I don't think. Yeah, this week was a big old shrug. There was the good, the bad and the ugly, and I'll let I'll leave it up to interpretation what you want to call the bad and what you want to call the ugly. But the good, I think we can all agree. The good was how the week started with a win over the Washington Wizards, 123 to 113. Giannis sets a career high with 55 points. He has 10 rebounds and seven assists. Brooke quietly had a really good game as well, 21 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and Bobby with another double-double, 17 points, 13 rebounds, four assists. But, I mean, this game was pretty simple. Give the ball to Giannis, he scores, and everyone gets goes home happy. And especially considering they had just played the Wizards two days prior on New Year's Day, and looked absolutely awful. Then you come forward the next day and there's rumors that Giannis is unhappy. There's chemistry issues, and Giannis drops fifty five and flashes Milwaukee on his jersey. So I I don't know. I feel like let's just start with Giannis Riley. What just what were your thoughts on his game and his record setting night? Because he was only two points off of the franchise record that Michael Redd has with fifty seven and Giannis says he's gonna try and beat it.
1: Um typical Giannis game. The the most exceptional part was going 15 to 16 from the free throw line uh, i think it was up until the very end of the game he was perfect and then the game was pretty much over and he might have missed one of them or whatever but he was essentially perfect throughout the entire game and Kristaps porzingis and daniel gafford got nothing for Giannis. i mean that's obvious if you just look at their body types uh, kyle kuzma is also not like a dig in defender guy necessarily and he seems a little lost on defense at times so this was a team begging for Giannis to put up 55 on them um and he did it in super emphatic fashion just put his head down it's we've complained for weeks I have at least about Giannis just throwing his like lowering his shoulder and going for it and in games like this, it actually it works really well. And you're like, oh, I get why he does it. You know, it makes sense to me. He goes, oh, he gets his three threes up, misses all three of them, of course, goes without saying. Um, and just everything else.
0: Yeah,
1: that was totally fine by me. No big deal. But um, he had a free throw attempt rate of uh, 48%. So I mean, like, um, or what is it? Uh, yes. So for, for every field goal attempt he got up, a half free throw time. So like, you know, he's going to the line as much or every other time he goes down the floor, essentially like that's, he was just implacable, uh, five turnovers, this given where we've been at, it's, that's decent. Um, yeah, this is the games like that, that it, he will never be the kind of guy that like is a Luca or a Donovan Mitchell where he can consistently, or like maybe, I don't know if I want to say easily, but, Donovan Mitchell goes off for 71, but that's partially because he's got the three ball. He's got like a lot more that he can go for. Giannis is always going to be, if he puts on 55, it's going to be on a ton of shots and it's going to be pretty much all just yamming the ball. And that's fine by me. um, But that's what makes it special when he goes for these 50 point games. That's just, it's indicative of the other team had absolutely nothing for him at all. And that's why he's a special player.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, made it look easy. And, you know, when you think of these games that he has fifty, a lot of it is when he shoots the ball well from the free throw line. And fifteen to sixteen will definitely help. you know, The five turnovers wasn't weren't that bad. I think only one was kind of a boneheaded turnover. The others were kind of maybe it was trying to do a little bit too much. Maybe it was kind of forcing it a little and you understand it, especially because the game was never fully out of reach which is why Giannis was able to kind of stay in. I think had, if he wasn't getting, if he wasn't close to 50, I think Bud would have maybe sat him less minutes because he played 37 minutes and no one else besides Pat Connick had played more than 30 on the Bucks. But you mentioned with Gafford and Porzingis, and neither of them are really going to be able to do much to slow Giannis down. I mean, we also saw Brooke Lopez go 10 of 13 from the floor. And, only, and Brooke only took two three. So... He was also able to kind of get whatever he wanted down low. And I think the biggest thing with Giannis, though, it was kind of the, once he's on, and he was on a roll, I think that was kind of the thing. Because we've seen where Giannis could go like a three or four minute stretch where he is just able to get whatever he wants, and then maybe he has a stretch where he's struggling. Or he takes it takes him a whole half to really get going, and then it could drop 20 and a quarter. And this game was kind of more the... Just quietly pace. It was like a quiet pace, and then all of a sudden you're looking. He's like, oh, yeah, he's got 30. Okay, whatever. We used him getting 30. Okay, now he's at 40. Can he get 50? Yeah, he can get 50. And then he gets them. We're like, all right, cool. And I was like, go for 60. <laughs> Just screw it. I think he wanted to get – it was kind of once he got close to 50, it was like, can he get his career high, which he did. And then we got to 55. And I, I think with Washington's approach, it was – it was a perfect setting for Giannis. Again, there's not much interior defending. There's not the ability to kind of double him. There's not the ability to kind of put together a wall just because he is able to kind of pass it out to Brook. He is able to pass it out to Bobby. He was still able to find Pat Connaughton, who chipped in with uh, 11 points going three and nine for three. So I think that is what made things so much easier for Giannis is Milwaukee was still able to have a couple other guys be enough of a threat that they couldn't completely like sag off of Giannis, but Giannis was able to take advantage of everything else thrown at him, and still, I would say it wasn't his the hardest fifty points he's gotten out of his fifty point games. This was definitely in the more he was kind of able to coast. This wasn't like the finals where you had the pressure. It wasn't his first like his previous career high against Philly where. He was battling and bruising with Simmons and Embiid. This was kind of a, yeah, he got 50. This is special. Yeah. And it it just seemed easy for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, credit to Brooke, six blocks. Um, he was all over a lot of the Washington guards and wings that were trying to go in. Um, you're right about Giannis. It's a typical game where you look down and you're like, oh, he has 30 points. And it, see, you just kind of lose track because... Most of the time he's just scoring two points and he's just, he keeps racking it up, racks it up, racks it (laughs) up. He just, and then you throw in, if he has a decent night at the line, yeah, that'll push him over the top. Um, The Bobby and Brooke, they have been the guys while Drew has been away, I would say they've been the two guys that have stepped up the most. Um, And Brooke is playing at about where he was previously. Maybe a little, he's doing a little bit more offensively. Uh, Me and Adam talked about last week, how Joe Ingles is setting him up. Are trying to set him up a little bit more offensively. And I think that has potential. Um, I th- feel like we're trying to hunt some mismatches with him in the paint a little bit more often than usual. Now, maybe that's just eye test or like just a stupid vibe. And maybe that's not actually the truth. Cause I think it is uh Van was right that he's not shooting more in the paint or within the or near the basket than he has previously. But it feels like as of late, we've been trying to go to him a little bit more, which I appreciate. Um, and it's kind of cyclical where Giannis pulls the defense towards him because obviously whoever is man defender isn't going to be able to stop him, or if he's in transition. And then Brooke and Bobby take advantage and they're like, okay, well, but you can't totally sag off of him. Or if you do, you sag off of us. We'll get up pretty easy baskets. All things considered, like Brooke only made all three. Most of his points came in. He didn't go to the free throw line at all. A lot of easy, like, turnaround moves. This is, like, a type of Brooke Lopez performance we don't normally see. So I thought that was encouraging. And then Bobby um, just kind of all over the place. I think he's been very active, obviously getting the boards. Um, and this is a game where early on, he kind of like did, did the I'm too strong for you kind of thing, got the and one. And then it was kind of uh, a wrap from there. So um, everybody else, I don't know. There's literally nobody to really comment on. Joe Ingles was fine passing again. Uh, Drew, oh, Drew was back for a few minutes uh, and he looked extremely slow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> extremely,
1: very, very, very slow. Um, but that was to be expected because of the illness. Um, so I don't that I'm not concerned about that at all. So Drew looked slow. There was not much to write home about with him. Um, and otherwise, everyone was OK. So,
0: yeah, I feel like the biggest thing is no one was turning the ball over too frequently mm-hmm. and 12 turnovers, which I feel like is the lowest Milwaukee has had in a very long time. I mean, Giannis had five of them, Drew had three, and then Brooke, Javon, Joe, and A.J. Green each had one. So it's kind of a whatever. The other players didn't turn the ball over, and I think that's the biggest win we can take, considering the Bucks' offense, because um, the next game that we're going to talk about was – I said it was Big Ten basketball at its worst. Milwaukee Bucks beat the Toronto Raptors. We'll explain the score and everything that went into it. Let's just start it off with, there was 25 points scored between the two teams combined in the first quarter. (laughs) At one point, I think the teams shot 7 of 47 from the floor in the first quarter. This was not a rock fight. This was just straight bricks being chucked at each other. I don't know if we want to go more in depth on the game or do you want to talk do we want to talk about the offensive ineptitude or the shit show that was the end of the game
1: Well, we'll obviously talk about both, but the first quarter when you're sitting at home and you're watching this and you you wonder a little bit like can I you google it and you ask you you check it, like is this in Iowa? Where is this game happening? Is this happening in Northwestern? Like I see that uh, the Raptors is on there, but you are right; it has every hallmark of really bad college basketball. I am not sure the last time if you'll ever really see a team like the Raptors go two of twenty (laughs) three. They made two, literally. Now they went to the got to the line a whole bunch, which helped prop them up, but they made two baskets. (laughs) Now the Bucks weren't all that much better; they made five of twenty four, so it's not like you know they have much, and they didn't get to the free throw line at all um so horrible that we've been used to the Bucks being absolutely horrible uh, offensively so at least you know I wasn't surprised about that I I want to give a shout out to Giannis who did not get to the free throw line in at all in the first quarter ends going 15 to 21 like his his ending line 30 points 21 rebounds 10 assists <laughs> 12 turnovers 12 turnovers not great but you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Um credit to him especially in a defense like against Toronto where we go I always am a little iffy about the Toronto games because maybe it was mostly Kawhi, might have mostly been Kawhi, but we had lost five straight, I think, against Toronto heading into this game and a lot of it is they have 11 dudes who are six foot nine and they all have like the exact same body type. And Nick nurse is like, okay, we're going to throw four of you on Giannis and Fred Van Vliet is going to like go between his legs. Like that's what the defense is. And usually seems like Giannis struggles tonight or death tonight uh, against the Raptors. He kind of kept hammering and he went to the line and got rewarded for it. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, but, you know, I mean, how do you want to talk about the, closing we, we should couch it in it looked like a wrap like they were up i want to say if you go back it was like 14 or 15 with like a minute 40 left um and it looked like a wrap like they'd finally offense kind of corrected we actually the three started falling a little bit pat went five eleven from three like finally somebody who had a standout three-point game and then uh we got try-hearted into overtime so i'll, I'll let you take it from there partially partially Trey harded and then also adam silver he made the call he made the he made the call
0: (laughs) i will say for the i will give the bucks credit yeah it got to the fourth quarter and this thing had been obnoxious for three of the quarters (laughs) neither team i think it was 40 i think the bucks were up 39 to 38 at halftime then the bucks scored 24 to the raptors 21 this game was always just a one of these two teams is going to have to start hitting shots. Like Toronto, I think, took until near the end of the second quarter to hit a three, but they were getting their numbers boosted up by free throws while Milwaukee couldn't get a free throw, and then they finally started getting it. And then it got to the fourth quarter, and it's like, all right, this is still pretty close. And then the Bucks start getting it a little bit together. It gets to 64. It was 65-61 with 10 minutes left. Giannis makes a pair of free throws. Gets up to 67-61. Giannis hits a 3, which, again, that just tells you how this game was. And then A.J. Green got a layup. Bucks are up 11 with 8 minutes. And it consistently stayed around that 10-11 time frame. And at one point, Milwaukee got it up to, I think it was like 90-69. 69
1: yeah, that's amazing. it was literally... a dunk. <laughs> With three minutes and twenty two seconds, the Bucks call a timeout, and here comes the victory cigar brigade. Thanasis, so Sandro. Yeah, that's so we thought. Thanasis, Sandro, and uh Waro come in for Pat, Bobby, and Brooke. Um, and you're like, okay, three minutes to hold on to a 21 point lead.
0: And then, and then, uh, the takes a three <laughs> <laughs> out of the timeout, which I yeah. don't know how that happened. Fred Van Vliet gets it, and then, like, two seconds later, hits a three. Bochan Marjan gets a turnover. Fred Van Vliet hits another three. So, within like 30 seconds, it is now 90 <laughs> to 75, 15 point lead. Bud is like, okay, never mind. Get like starters get back in there. So, Giannis, Bobby, Pat, Brooke, and Grayson. Oh, it was a clean okay, we're just gonna everyone you guys all get back out there. So we're thinking, all right, the Bucks are going to not f this up. Grayson Allen misses a free throw, but he makes a second. It's still 91 to 75. Again, about 245 left. Gary Trump Jr. makes a setback, whatever. You're up 14, that's fine. Bob makes a left, like you're back up 16 with just about two minutes. Scotty Scotty Barnes hits a shot. Okay, 14 point lead. Two minutes left. Don't F this up. Giannis makes a pair of free throws. You're back up 16. It's like, all right, cool. Let's end this game end. This shouldn't happen. Minute 15. OG and dunk. This is when the Bucks should have been like, okay, it's fine. It's a 14-point lead with a minute left. <sighs> Giannis missed a pair of rebound. Misses a pair of free throws. Got a boy against Leia. Okay, up 12 with a minute left. That's fine. That's fine. And then Brooke fouled him. So it's an end one. Okay, whatever. You're up 11, a minute left. Giannis turns the ball over. <laughs> Questionable call on the foul. Okay. Fred VanVleet makes a pair of free throws. Now you're up nine with 49 seconds. Okay, that's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's still Raising I mean, this is
1: plenty of time, big lead. Plenty of time still. You're good. 43
0: seconds, you're up
1: you're up nine. It's fine
0: great style makes a pair of free throws you're up 11 again cool 43, 43 seconds,
1: seconds 43 seconds let's just be, <laughs> keep emphasizing the time here folks
0: yeah scotty barnes gets a jump shot to fall whatever you're up nine 36 seconds okay five second violation turnover <laughs> okay all right whatever scotty barnes takes a three misses they get an offensive rebound gary Trent jr makes a three okay 97-91. 29 seconds. Whatever. Grayson Allen gets called for flagrant one for hitting him pretty close to his groin again. <sighs> I don't know if that was a flagrant. Whatever. That's annoying. Gary Trent Jr. makes the free throw. And they get the ball back. So 29 seconds. Bucks up five. Scotty Barnes gets a layup. Bucks up three. 25 seconds.
1: At this, and this point... Is- this is the part where where Tony Brothers he feels the buzz on his hip he feels oh. it and it, and he goes over to the side <laughs> he goes over and he he takes the call from Adam directly from Adam Mister Silver Adam Silver
0: so, places right. the call the <laughs> Raptors <laughs> are doing a full on full court press to try and force walk into a bug because why not the Bucks break the press Bobby gets the ball in the corner he's holding it and starts dribbling Pascal Siakam shoves him out of bounds. <laughs> Tony Brothers, because of the call to Adam Silver, says, uh-uh. That is a, he stepped out of bounds, turnover. And they mm-hmm. can't review it. They can't review that it's a foul. So that, that was a big thing. Like at, at first, I was like, why didn't Bud challenge it? He can't challenge the foul because there was never a foul called. So the only thing he could have challenged was, did Bobby step out of bounds? But it was like, yes, he did. Because he got shoved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. 13 seconds, you're up three. Don't do anything stupid. Gary Trunk Jr. makes a step back three. We are tied at 97. We are not going into overtime. Yeah. I'll let you go. I'll let you speak first, and then we'll get to overtime. <laughs> uh, does, how do you feel about that whole fourth quarter? Because we had a whole ass chat. <laughs>
1: um, I thought if I was a neutral... I would think it was glorious to watch. I'd be like this is everybody
0: lives to watch a team. Joel and B glow. tweeted what the hell is going on with this game. Yeah. Yeah. This is also so, national TV.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. National TV and this is a back-to-back. So <laughs> we're on the road back-to-back. It's amazing no we're Drew. even in the lead at all. No true. Drew. True Joe. No out. Joe. No no Joe, no Chris. Um no George either I don't think, right? Um, no, no George. I think so the refing questionable to put it mildly, especially late. Um, I don't know what to make of it. The, the, it really starts obviously with the six point swing off of um, the Thanasis three point attempt. <laughs> and then into the Fred Van Vliet makes two threes within like seconds. And it's like, okay, well now this is maybe a game again. Um, so kind of unfortunate timing and I hope to God, nobody drew up the Thanasis three. <laughs> um, so unfortunate timing. You no drew no George. Javon is not an actual ball handler. Not really. So you are down to essentially nobody who is a reliable ball handler at all. And um, the turnovers racked up quickly and the Raptors could not make anything all game. And then all of a sudden they're like every piece of garbage we throw up is going in easy, like no problem whatsoever. Do I take, look at it and extrapolate it out something further? Um, only a little bit in as much as, um, you want to see some of these, like even without drew and George and Chris, you have a large enough lead that you should be able to lock it down. And they didn't. Um, This is, this will not be the closing lineup in any sort of playoff game or anything. So I take heart from that. I mean, the lineup and everything like that, Um, I I guess just maybe we got out try hard then That that happens occasionally. I really, I I genuinely don't know what to make of it.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are trying to like completely pin this on Bud. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not fully in the blame Bud because Bud putting the starters a little early, but Nick Nurse is a freaking war criminal tryhard to all this for what? Like, do I understand why you want to try and win? Sure. But he had not taken his starters. Like, this same. Five that toronto had have been out there for i think five or six minutes previously straight Mm -hmm. just it's okay let your guys rest it's january you did not need to go full tom thibodeau even tom thibodeau would have sat there and been like you know what maybe i should nah nah Mm -hmm. we're good but i don't know what nick nurse's problem is i don't know what canada's problem is there he's just a freaking war criminal and canada does not deserve this team Especially after the garbage offensive display they got, they, you cannot look like the a five-year-old shooting the ball for three quarters of this game, three and a half of times of this game, and then deciding the last minute. Like, you, this should not be. You should you should not be rewarded for your procrastinating, like your absolute garbage display from your fans, from your players, the organization. This is just ridiculous. Like, get this team out of Toronto, put it in Seattle get Nick Nurse out of here, put him in jail for his war crimes. That is being an obnoxious tryhard at that.
1: That being said, we did have a 21 point lead and we,
0: we that lost. That being the said, trance. the Bucks <laughs> yeah, should have know. closed the door. Tony Brothers should have called the foul, which he admitted after like, oops, I got it wrong. It's like, well, no shit. But it, it, again, I can't blame, to go back to my original point, I don't blame Boone because even when he put in the garbage unit, he took it out immediately after those two Fred Van Lee threes. So at least he kind of noticed, no way I should probably, like, get the guys out there to close it out. And they should have, but Giannis misses a pair of free throws. Giannis gets a loose ball turnover. Like, there are too many turnovers. Brooks following an easy layup that gets an and one. Grayson Allen did what – I don't know what Grayson Allen was thinking. With his foul. Now, I think that was really the big swing. Because even if it's just a simple Gary Trent Jr., three, you're still up six with 29 seconds. But then between the flagrant and then them getting like it was all of a sudden, you're up 97, 88. And now it's suddenly, it's a six point swing, and now you're only up three. Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't happen, you still are feel comfortable. Again, brain, just a boneheaded move by Milwaukee there. Tony Brothers should have called. I don't know how they absolutely, and the roughing was god-awful that whole night. Like, Toronto could do no wrong in the first half. And then finally, they started calling fouls, and Giannis was able to get to the line. But that whole first half was just all favoring Toronto. And then you get to this, and it's like, it's a blatant foul. Like, it's not even one of those where it's kind of like, oh, I don't know, it was 50-50. It was like, no, Pascal Siakam is literally shoving Bobby to get a foul call so that they can stop the clock and take free throws. So Tony Brothers doesn't botch that call. Bobby goes to the line, maybe makes one or two. But then you're at least making a... You have to make Toronto... A two, it's a two-possession game at that point if Bobby makes one of them with 13 seconds. And shouldn't the hockey have fouled before they shot the three... Maybe, but considering how bad Toronto was shooting the majority of the game, I think taking that gamble wasn't the wrong decision. It was just really... The Bucs should have closed it out. And I don't know how much of that you could really blame on Bud because Bud put the lineup out there that should have gotten the job done. Yeah. yeah and then we got it to is... overtime. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Which so... was also a garbage affair, but Grayson Allen... um, Grayson Allen decided to end it by hitting a 3 with 11 seconds left.
1: Was that after, his signature mo- was that his signature moment as a buck so far?
0: Honestly, it might be. <laughs> uh, I would say other than the shooting, other than the Chicago Bowl playoff series, this might have been it because Grayson everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's an idiot. I need Grayson out after his flag. Right? Like what is he doing?" And then Grayson gets the layup to put Milwaukee up to before Scotty Barnes has it. And then he gets the three. Wide open in the corner. Giannis had the whole Raptors team him. Mm-hmm. And I I do want to talk about that pass by Giannis because that was really, really impressive. Yeah. How he navigated it. through five Toronto Raptors players and still is able to get the kick out to Grayson and got it to him in a good like pocket for Allen to shoot it. And yeah, the Bucks won. I won. will say Grayson was pretty good though. Grayson was aggressive in driving to the driving to the rim a lot. And Pat Comets and were helpful, but this was such a stupid game.
1: Yeah. It was it's much stupider than uh, it had any right being. Very indicative though of um, the problems that, that had plagued them for the, you know, the as you just talked about as you're working on the month previous, like turnovers, dumb turnovers struggling at the wrong times kind of like weird like foul decisions or defense failing them at the wrong times and like in the worst ways possible like a whole bunch of just weird stuff that kind of all came together and most of the time you say this is just a one-off like weirdo thing but these all these issues have been consistent enough you're like well i don't know is this like something that just got exasperated but would still be in the background anyhow so i guess that's the more interesting thing is like can I write it off because drew is gone or, and because it's the second game on a back-to-back on the road, like overnight, all sorts of stuff. Or is there actually something to like be really concerned about? I tend to think outside of the very limited time frame of the game, not something to be, I'm going to extrapolate out and be like, Oh, this is something to be really concerned about. I guess it just seems what a weird game. It's like so strange. I don't know.
0: It was, I mean, yeah, the first quarter alone made it weird, but then, it seemed as though Milwaukee had gotten themselves out of it, and yeah. I was ready to be like, "This is probably the most impressive win of the season." Mm-hmm. Like, considering yeah, to all com- the circumstances,
1: that's, that's exactly yeah. Up until the final three minutes, again, like I say it again, on the road, second game back to back, point guards gone, or shooting, for, or small forwards gone. Like Giannis back just up, put up fifty five. Backup point guard is gone. <laughs> Backup point guard is gone. Like all the things and they had a first quarter for the ages and yet they still worked their way out. Like up until the final three minutes and the first 12, <laughs> um, you know, you know, you like, okay, you grinded out a win in a situation that you're probably going to have to grind out a win. And you actually went above and beyond up until they're very close. So, you know,
0: I, I, I think, think it's just there. one of I'm those fine. where it highlighted some, it highlighted the potential debt issue of no competent ball handlers it highlighted the the offense definitely struggles and turns the ball over too much but it also highlighted that this defense can be good enough that it none of that can matter because the defense is good enough to do what it needs to
1: oh it depends just, on who the opponent is
0: yeah i mean it this is also the toronto raptors and sorry you're garbage and you, you just need to blow it up and rebuild it and <laughs> of VanVleet should just retire and be a family man. So that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sorry. Um, now we move to Friday. <laughs> and if we thought the final few moments of the Raptors game was bad, Friday took it to a whole other level. Um, the Bucks lost, which Charlotte is getting healthy, maybe getting the rhythm back. They lost 109 to 138. Not great.
1: <laughs> at home, they were at home.
0: They were at home. Charlotte uh, dropped fifty-one <laughs> in the first quarter. Not the first. Yeah, <laughs> the first quarter. Charlotte dropped fifty-one and dropped eighty-four in the first half. <laughs> yeah, it was not pretty. Um, Giannis just did. I Giannis only had nine points probably very it was just not a good game from him. And considering the two previous games, maybe he was just completely gassed. I don't know. Drew came back, 12 points, four assists. Okay. Bobby had another double double and he had started pretty well. Um yeah, the Bucks the problem was the and the Bucks offense was good. They did really, really well. They shot the ball well. They were 20 of like they were 20 and 48 from three. The offense looked great. They didn't have that many turnovers. Only 17, which, I mean, compared to all the other games, it seemed fine. None of that mattered because by the end of the first quarter, this game was over. I don't know, like, what there is to uh, talk about.
1: <laughs> Terry Rozier had uh, almost 40 points. Um, I wrote in the preview for this, I was like, Oh, the Hornets are kinda like what you remember them as. Like Terry is a gunner, the of Ball is like he's a creative passer and potential scorer, but you never really know about the defense and like everybody else is there. And then they all played like out of their minds. <laughs> like uh, you know, the paint defense was less than ideal. Uh I, I think the difference they they the Hornets made nineteen more baskets inside 3 point line in the first half than Milwaukee did uh you know not ideal it's just just not good i when you get boat raced uh, and again it's another it's it's so crazy in the other direction again it's like the toronto's like what can i really take away from this besides getting absolutely absolutely boat raced by the other team like what else what else can you say what can you say about it
0: again If you take out the first quarter, Milwaukee was consistently even with Charlotte. Second quarter, Charlotte had 33, Milwaukee had 32. Third quarter, Charlotte had 28, Milwaukee had 27. Fourth quarter, Milwaukee had 22 to Charlotte, 26. So you would think, okay, that's not bad. Problem is, it's 51 to 28 by the end of the first quarter. (laughs) The game is already, and the game was over by halfway through the first. And. It just came down to Charlotte was hitting every shot in the restricted area and within ten feet and Milwaukee couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. I I I think the biggest thing is like Giannis being that passive. He only took seven shots and I mean five of his nine points were from a free throw line.
1: Yeah. Um if you the if you look at the shot chart uh, shot charts for the first half um i think Charlotte ended up going like 11 of 12 in the paints in the second quarter alone and the bucks made like 3 2 shots i think and one of them was at the elbow within the paint like that's just not sustainable um and yeah. that's where we're supposed to live and we we didn't um was this like any concerns about the defense or did it just seem like a more so like a Charlotte couldn't miss sort of situation? Cause the defense of all of everything that's been consistent, the defense has been consistent. It's dropped off from the very top level it was at earlier in the season, but it still like has been top 10 reliably as the offense is tanked. Any like, was this just a one off against that or something?
0: I, feel like this was a, the team had a gunner who was going to get his shots up and they just kept falling. And there's just not much, like Cody Martin and Terry Rozier were just getting, again, shots around 10 feet where you would be okay with them taking those shots. That's what your system is supposed to do, force those kind of shots outside the restricted area, still like in that awkward 10 to 15 feet and they just hit him like the threes weren't helping either it, yeah i i don't know what to take of it besides terry Rozier got hot very very early and mm-hmm. it, it, for me it was kind of a you just put your arms up and go i don't know
1: yeah and if, if but- Giannis isn't giving the effort to like try and match it there's almost nobody else on our roster as current and especially with Drew just coming back. Like and Drew was for the time that he was yeah, out there, yeah. I think he was like three of five from three. Like it was, you know, a decent game. But we don't have necessarily anybody else who can match an opposing player going supernova. And if we don't have like the defense, our defense is not in the regular season of depth, we don't really emphasize like trying to shut a guy down necessarily. We kind of just like, okay, it's especially early in the game. Uh, If a guy's going to go crazy, he's going to go crazy. But um, we don't, if Giannis doesn't have the effort there, we're not going to have somebody who can just like mash a guy shot for shot. We just haven't had, unless Chris maybe, but Chris can sometimes take a little time to get into games too. So um, I, I think I agree that that's generally the issue is the other team, went super, super hot. And that was just like, it was over before it even began. And like Mike Boone's old Holzer had obviously the same idea. Cause the starters got pulled pretty damn early in the game too. Like, you know, it was kind of all she wrote pretty
0: quickly. Yeah. I mean, just to put into context, Charlotte's 51 point for first quarter tied golden state in 2019 It was also the franchise record at that point. (sighs) I mean, the thing that I will say that probably raised eyebrows for me the most was what Bootholzer said after the game, in which he said we haven't matched what it takes to be competitive in an NBA game on multiple occasions now, and it's concerning. And that, I think, was more the noteworthy thing because it's one thing if you're just losing games, but to have especially after this kind of game where it's basically say like we just don't have it. And this kind of goes back to what you and Adam are talking about, like flipping the switch. Are, are they, are you going to be able to do that? And yeah, when's
1: that happening? We're doing that soon or not yet. Guess not yet.
0: Yeah. like That's the part where it's kind of a, I don't know what you're going to do. That's the part where, the passing this from Giannis, the passing this from Brooke on the defensive side. Maybe in the playoffs, again, you do the switching and you, you make sure to keep the ball out of Terry zeros hands at that point. But that I think is probably the bigger thing to me is I don't know what Bud is indicating. And I'm kind of curious, like, because he, he said multiple occasions now. And it's like, uh, this was the one that broke his back. So, like, what were the other games? And it's kind of weird where we can all guess which games like when you're blowing leads to Toronto and the bulls, maybe that's one of those moments or when you're losing on the road to a really, really bad rockets team. It kind of makes me wonder, or even like the new year's day game where at what point, like how many of these games are we going to see? And the only remedy, like Chris coming back is not going to fix all of those problems. Like, the team getting healthy is not going to be able to solve the issues. So, isn't it a matter of, it's the regular season, we don't care, and we're just going to flip the switch when we get close to the playoffs, and I don't like that gamble, because rarely does that work.
1: Yeah. I we're so now so you were the one who brought up in the preseason about how chris the whole thing around chris was like we bring he's there for the celtic series we might have our second title like the expectations of chris and at that time you and i agreed one don't need to talk about the next contract we got it, and then two we're putting like serious expectations on chris to like we're expecting him and drew to fix a lot and they will fix some. Like I, I think them being consistently back will bring us above being a consistently bottom third offense. Like even in the Charlotte game where we played decent, we had like a one ten offensive rating, which still would have been a bottom third offense, like just in the league, how it is right now. Um, And those guys coming back will help out. And drew is really critical on defense, but there's, it's just hard to envision. It's hard to picture what it looks like because we have so many guys playing way out of like way more than they absolutely should have to, or that they should ever be like expected to. And like the more time that kind of slips by, I just wonder how long it takes for us to get into a rhythm. Like, can we do it in 20 games? Do we need 30 games? Can we do it in 10 games? Like how much do we need to figure it out? Because it seems like there's going to be a lot of work on the offensive end needed to make this something more than the Giannis battering Rams. And then everybody else pays it off. Cause we've, we've been there done that. And that's just not that sustainable deeper. You go into the playoffs and I, I want to see other looks from this team. And we just, we haven't for going on a month and a half now at this point. And that's partially just cause Chris and Drew have been out, but we got to figure something out. We get a, or like fine personnel or whatever. And there's just no solution on the team right now, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. It's basically Yonatan and Sala. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because maybe Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen get hot from three. Maybe Brooke is just a, maybe Brooke is able to get touches down low and get his turnaround jumper going maybe Joe Ingles is able to do enough I, or Bobby gets finds his shooting touch which Bobby seems to have gotten lately but also Bobby is getting cooked defensively mm-hmm. like the concerns we have about Bobby Portis and his defense it didn't happen the last two years it is rearing its head this year and the Toronto game was especially indicative of yeah they're targeting Bobby now and that's concerning and, I again, I don't know because Chris and Drew paper over a lot of the cracks that the Bucks can have offensively. Defensively, it can't be as simple as try harder. Like, that's probably what it's going to take is just Drew tries harder, Brooke does better, maybe switch more, and that fixes a lot of the issues. But on offense, I, I don't know. And for me, I would say after the trade deadline, that's just it. you're just gonna have to roll. That's when you gotta start getting to that rhythm because there's not gonna be a move that is that significant. Like you're not gonna be able to get some kind of waiver pickup that's gonna be that significant to the team's chances. Like we are not hoping that Marvin Williams. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
1: you. Okay. I was I was waiting for the inevitable conclusion yeah. of that
0: thought. Yeah. Like that's the issue. Like if we are at the trade deadline and whether there is a move or there is a move, that's when you gotta start preparing mm-hmm. for like that's when you need to get this rhythm, get this offensive issue sorted out. With Chris, without Chris, with Drew, without Drew. Regardless, it's gotta be something. Because yes, yeah. there are a lot of guys that are playing way too many minutes. You know, Jalen Carter might be playing more minutes than he warrants. Marjan Bochamp. I, I don't know because part of me is like, yes, just throw him out there. He's not doing too bad. Like he's not, he's not giving us reasons not to play him, but mm-hmm. he's fl- and he flashes reasons to play. Him. But again, are you going to put him in your eight man playoff rotation? I don't think so. No. Especially now yeah. with Joe Ingles back, like it, 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 it's starting to get to. You got to pick nine guys, and if you're and if everyone's healthy, you know who at least five of them are and then you start getting to Well, do you play Grayson the next the pitch.
1: next four is tough the next four after that is really tough it was right. hard when we talked before the season like at the very start of the season it's even harder now
0: yeah. yeah I and again a lot of the and I think a lot of the offensive issues would be as simple as stop turning the ball over mm-hmm. that would be a really good start can we see how this offense looks when you're not committing 15 to 25 turnovers a game. Like can we get that number down and maybe see how this offense can look if we're not just coughing it away and giving teams basically free baskets because Charlotte had thirty five points off of turnovers.
1: Yeah. And they didn't turn it over at all. We we have also not been generating a lot of turnovers, I don't think. I think no. if I looked at the numbers Charlotte that, had five it's...
0: turnovers that whole game. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think Toronto, it's... even despite their offensive issues, they just gonna hit shots. It's not that Milwaukee was Locking them down or anything, they just can yeah,
1: hit we, shots. We we generate literally dead last in terms of turnovers, and we have one of the best defenses in the league. But that's because it's not a defense, it's predicated in like zone denial, like area denial, rather than like we're going to try and jump passing lanes or we're gonna like really jammy or whatever. So we do not generate a lot of turnovers at all. And that you know, we have Giannis, and you're like, well, oh, you'll get like fast break points but we just don't get that many opportunities to do that um and and the other thing about chris is we have no idea what kind of chris is going to be coming back if it's the chris that came back for whatever seven oh, games true. however much it was no, yeah we're, we're 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 doomed they'll, and i think you know first round <laughs> but with, with the way this like again who knows maybe the knee maybe there is no knee problem maybe it's exclusively we're just continuing to rest them just to give them rest because it it works obviously really well with Brooke. uh we paid for it last regular season but he was solid in the playoffs um maybe that's just it but um then Brooke had a full off season are we trying to like shove that all in for Chris now. And if that's not the case, uh, like how is his knee for real? Because I don't know for a guy like him to have a knee problem with his already limited athleticism. Like, you know, it, you could look at drew and Chris and say, there's, there's the fixes. Are they? And also when they were here, the offense sucked anyhow, <laughs> like in the playoffs, especially like the offense was almost it. we we got through, through like, luck and occasional shot making <laughs> and that was it so
0: i uh, wouldn't have more faith with drew at least it's like okay yeah a fully a well-rested locked in drew at very least you're getting someone that's going to cause issues on the defensive end for the other team mm-hmm. great i don't know what you're getting with chris and this also comes into the reports that he's going to opt out possibly like is he opting out is he gonna opt in and take that 40 million is he gonna test free agency and i don't know which is better for milwaukee him opting in and at least you're like whatever this is all right this is the cap it this, this is dealer. this is
1: the last dance we get the this, recording this the last we get dance the...
0: <laughs> and all right we'll see what happens or let him opt out and it's not like you're going to be able to use that money. <laughs> so yeah. like. It's not like you're going to have all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, we have all this cap space.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's not how it works. We don't no. all of a sudden get 40 million. We get like zero. So, right.
0: so that's not. Capped, like- you're still <laughs> capped out. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Not only do we not have the flexibility, now we also won't. Because when he's good, like when he's healthy and everything, he's still really good.
1: Mm-hmm. But He hasn't been healthy in him, a-
0: but he hasn't been healthy, and I don't understand because he had a whole offseason like he had the wrist procedure, yep. so his season ended early. He got more of the rest, he didn't come back until December, and now he has this knee issue. It's like, and at least with Brooke, it was like it was his back, and, and like with a back, you're like, okay, we're gonna ease it, and then we find out, yeah, he got surgery, okay, cool. Yeah. But with Chris, it's just like, okay, we want to be careful with his knee, but at some point. We just I feel like it's got if it's this bad, then he's just either gonna have to like get a procedure or just sit, shut him down.
1: Yeah. I I I don't know what to make of it. I, I so the final the only Chris thing, so back to your point about like, oh opt-in was like the best. I read the conspiracy theory and bravo to whoever wrote this, that Giannis's <laughs> Giannis is fifty five points, and then he goes into the crowd and does the Milwaukee thing. That was him, quote, sending a message to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> man, I wish I love people's fan fictions about oh, this team. Don't man. don't overthink it, folks. I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't I, I can't remember I think that might have been somebody on Brewhoop, one of the commenters, whoever it was, probably, I res- <laughs> I respect I respect it and I hope it's true. Uh if only because that would be an amazing story. I don't, I highly doubt. If we
0: find it. out, you know, twenty years from now and one of their like autobiographies of <laughs> that's what it was, I'm gonna just cackle. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit and yeah. and be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love, uh, it. I love it. I love this the possibility. Team, so, this team is a figure. I don't know. Like, this is the problem with the Bucks the last month and a half is sometimes you get really fun games like the Wizards game, and then some. Sometimes you're going to get the Charlotte game.
1: Yeah, and even then, the Wizards game was just fun because Giannis was out there. Otherwise, you know,
0: we it's saw what happened he
1: wasn't. Yeah, I mean, just you know, I, I'm looking through the results and I'm looking at the wins. as like, man, the, the literally the last. So we had the Mavs win uh, on the road, 106-105, okay? That was a good um, one. And the New Orleans win. That was like the last good win.
0: But even that um, one didn't have... That wasn't even like a full-strength Pelicans either.
1: So uh, it's kind of like, well,
0: how much can we take from that?
1: Yeah. Um, What's-his-face uh, Jonas Valanciunas went like a yeah, gazillion was, points from three on that one. But that we. So, and <laughs> then I'm looking... Looking forward at the we'll talk predictions here in a little bit, but we have Knicks, Hawks, Heat, Heat, Pacers, Raptors, Cavs, and then Detroit. Um, Detroit's like the one tanking team and the rest more or less. uh, Pacers are in a little bit of a weird spot, but more or less the rest of the teams like decent competition. So it kind of seems like slogging it is going to be on the menu for a while still. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not, uh, yeah. it, we can be frank. The team's not in like a fun spot. We've, since the 9 and 0 start, we'll st- we're still 16 of 14. Uh, 16 and 14 is our record. Above 500, but just barely. And that the team feels every little bit part of a slightly above 500 team. And it doesn't, unless Chris comes back all of a sudden and he's firing on all cylinders, I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. Even if Drew comes back and is fine, it's going to be an improvement, but. It won't fix everything.
0: Yeah. And like, even if you just look forward, there's not a stretch where you're kind of like, oh, they can rattle off like four or five wins. There's, barely, I don't even know. Like, I'm looking at the schedule and like, I don't see a point where I can just sit and look and say, yeah, they can rattle off four or five straight wins. No problem. The I, only I time is beginning of March where they have Orlando, Philly at home, then at Washington, then at Orlando, and then home against Brooklyn. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe, and then they play Golden State. Like, maybe that beginning of March is that point where, sure, they can rattle, you know, four or five wins, no problem. But everything else, it's like, no, I'm not. I feel like we're going to continue getting this kind of basketball where they'll play around 500, and they'll win games that maybe they shouldn't have won, like the Toronto one, for this example, and they'll lose games where you sit there and go WTF.
1: Yep, And it's it's disappointing because we're two games out in the lost column from the first seed, but we're also only a game ahead of um, Philadelphia in the fifth spot. So we could, if we turned it around, we could really compete. And if we don't, uh, we could start sinking pretty quickly. Like it's, it's really tight at the top of the East. Even like to the seventh seed, uh, three wins separate us from us in Indiana, like, you know. If we're not, I doubt we're gonna drop to the seventh seat, but you know.
0: Yeah. It, it's just like it, I, I mean, Brooklyn's been playing really, really well out of nowhere. Philly's been playing really, really well out of nowhere. How sustainable that is, I don't know. Because I mean, even Boston's slowing down as well, and they had a pretty good start. I, I think the Bucks will still finish in a top four. But it, it, it's not going to be fun to watch
1: no all right before we move on to the the ads and after the facts uh we didn't bring this up last week we'll talk about it more in depth in in which it in whenever it happens mark lasry supposedly might sell his his ownership to Wes edens what was your favorite mark lasry memory If you, if you go back what's your favorite story thing he did Assuming this is when it's apparent
0: that he wanted Justin Zanuck to be the GM and Wesley, like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: and then it worked, and then he didn't show up to the press conference. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't show up to the press conference. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That
0: was probably it. Um, it is kind of funny that we have just not heard from Alex ever since. Yeah, like Alex Lazarus came in tweeted about the refs every single game how bad they were then he ran for the senate lost that means he didn't even come back he has not come back he has not tweeted. he just disappeared he grifted his way and left
1: he tried and i respect that my favorite mark Lazary moment was um when we let malcolm go malcolm brogdon go and then he was just He's like, yeah, that's a luxury for us. He's like, he, he, he I was like, bro, you're a billionaire. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I understand what he was going for, but I just, he was hilarious in every interview. And also like the, what was it? He was like talking some smack to MJ about how, like, we're we going to teach him about winning. I was like, yo, come on. <laughs>
0: like, oh, second favorite. When he apparently was on uh, absolute high, After the Drew and Bogdan news, (laughs) (laughs) and pissed off all the other owners apparently.
1: Oh, is he? Because whatever he like leaked it or whatever. Is that the
0: well? You know, if you believe that he was the one that leaked it, but there was rumors and stories that he was coming in just like with this big shit-eating grin, laughing at all the other owners because the Bucks had just pulled off getting Drew and Bogdan in the same night.
1: Yeah. He was an interesting character. Been. It was he kept it he kept it interesting. He mixed it up. He gave us fun quotes whenever he met up with Michael Jordan uh, and all those things. I say thank you, Mark, for your service, and we'll talk more if and when you sell your
0: stair, uh, Look, share of the ownership. We all know how this is gonna end. He's selling it to Aaron Rodgers, who's gonna continue sitting courtside with Mallory Edens. <laughs> and now That's Aaron sus- Rodgers will be the other co-walking boss. Aaron's does- gonna <laughs> The Packers are going to lose tonight. Aaron announces his retirement, buys the shares from Mark Lassery, starts sitting <laughs> yeah. courtside with Mallory Eaters. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Wow. I,
1: mean, I didn't see the dominoes are moving quickly. They're falling right now as we, as we I speak. I think
0: the Packers sandbagging it was because Aaron, was not foc- Aaron Rodgers is not focused. <laughs> and at that point, everyone's like, oh yeah, the Packers are done. They're going to put in Jordan Love. They're going to phase Aaron Rodgers out. Trade them to I don't know the Jets. Mallory Eden spends a lot of time in New York. You know what? It, it all makes sense now.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you illuminated that first. You finally put the pieces together the puzzle.
0: The it it puzzle took an fits. hour. It took an hour, but we we know what the end game is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll have a film review and the predictions. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. And we are back. Alright, so Riley does not have a fountain pen review. I do, however, have a film review. So my plan was going to be doing Glass Onion, the new knives out movie. That was the plan. We watched we started watching it last night. Emma fell asleep halfway through, so we never finished. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Emma. I was, yeah. She was like, "Oh, do you want to watch?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. We'll watch it." And she fell asleep halfway through. Like all of a sudden, I just heard some snoring. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> guess we're not finished." I could have finished it. I feel like she would have not been thrilled. So I'm going to review Knives Out instead because I did watch that while up in Door County, and I really enjoyed Knives Out. It was a lot of fun. I think this kind of made me think. Okay, what if we just took a superstar cast? We get Daniel Craig out of James Bond and make him the exact opposite of James Bond. This just goofy, southern as hell, talkative character. Mm -hmm. You take Chris Evans, you get him out of Captain America and make him just this smarmy, absolute nepotism douchebag. And then he just threw a rich family and put a lot of money on the line. And it works out really, really well. It was really good. I I was very skeptical, like at the first quarter, because I was like, there's no way that it's this simple of like how that dude died. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way this is what happened. Like there's gotta be a loophole. There's gotta be something going on. Like this seemed too simple and too straightforward. And then I was worried that, oh, it's just gonna be of how she gets away with it. And thankfully, there are enough plot twists with, you know, it was actually switching the medicine and the housekeeper actually knowing the whole truth, but not having that chance. The family completely turning as soon as the will was wet. I think that was the funniest part of the movie for me. It's just the will being read and everyone's just like, what the... No, absolutely not. So I really enjoyed it. I, I think this was the first time where you can have a all-star cast that wasn't like a superhero movie and it works and i think that's what i enjoyed about it and when i was starting the second one i got that same feeling like okay this is a really good cast i'm really excited about it i and this is what annoys me is i we just got we got halfway like it got to the point where i was like this is when it was starting to get interesting and Mm -hmm. now i gotta find another time to finish it but no Nice that was really good. Give it a seven and a half out of ten. I I enjoyed it a lot. I think it has great rewatch value. Even if you rewatch it and you know what happens, I think just like the characters themselves are interesting enough that it's a fun watch. And it's and I mean it's also a movie that you can just put on in the background and not have to fully pay attention to after you watch the first time.
1: Yeah. It's very rare that I see a movie in the theaters more than once. This one, I think I had seen it once and then it was like a month and a half later. It was just friends or whatever wanted to go see it. It was just as good the second time. I agree across the board. Like the, the big difference to me, I obviously won't talk too much about the plot of glass onion, but the big difference was he had the rich family, but it wasn't rich people and like the influencer thing which is where glass onion goes. And that is less enjoyable to me. Like I, you could like old timey, rich family mansion, like people expect to be in the will like that. You don't even have to do any sort of character development. It's already there. just put like the actress and actresses in place and just let it rip. And it works like perfectly. When, when I saw Chris Evans, I was like, you know, they got captain America playing this guy. And like, he was, he was like did really good job in that role. I was like impressed. Cause I, Outside of Captain America, I, I have no idea. As somebody who doesn't follow any, I have no idea what else is it yeah. he is in. So I had no expectations and he was really good. Jamie Lee Curtis's character was like fun. Like all the supporting actors were fun. Um, obviously, Daniel Craig was <laughs> zany, like definitely unexpected from that. Uh, you, you expect like when he first shows up, you're like, oh, here comes like the British detective. And you're like, oh, no, they're <laughs> So they went a whole um, different direction. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was really for a Who Done It, um, or like a Mystery, really well done. Um, so I, I agree pretty much across the board that Knives Out is really good and people should go see it. It's it's not like gory or anything. Like, no. you know, it's like there's some blood, but yeah. And like a yeah. couple of spooky parts, but otherwise it's good.
0: So yeah, I like yeah. it a lot too. If you want to watch Knives Out, I think you gotta rent it through Amazon Prime now um it's not in any other streaming to my knowledge yeah glass onion i know i've seen tweets and like articles about people complaining oh this is making fun of elon musk and when they asked rian johnson about it he was like no that's just a really weird coincidence and i do believe him because i think when he wrote this this was like more making fun of zuckerberg than elon musk it's just elon musk has done so much dumb nonsense in the past three months that it's like oh i actually see how that connection could be made yeah
1: yeah i can understand that too but i was also thinking i was like do people think they make movies like two weeks before they come out like these usually get made a while ago right and that's why i was like
0: no this one's more making fun of zuckerberg if i like it's not making fun of because this is before Elon musk was everyone's like he was like the quirky billionaire mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: well, I'll be interested to see what your Glass Onion review is comparatively. So 7.5 for Knives Out. We'll see how Glass Onion stacks up. Good.
0: Yeah. I think what gives Knives Out a good edge is, like I said, the rewatchability. I'll see how Glass Onion goes. I will say the characters are more interesting, but that's also because I don't know what the hell's going on fully. So I'll hopefully in two weeks, I will have an answer. But, all right, we'll end it with our predictions for the week. So, Monday, it's very road-heavy. Monday, Milwaukee goes to New York and plays the Knicks. Wednesday, they go down to Atlanta and play the Hawks. Shortly follow that up with a trip down to Miami on Thursday against the Heat. And then they stay in Miami and play the Heat again on Saturday. Riley, what is your prediction for this road-heavy week?
1: I am going to say we will go... Two and two, I think we will beat the Knicks and beat Miami on the. So we were talking before the on the on the um, Thursday game, not the Saturday game. You and I were talking if you had to put money down on the Miami, which Miami game? Thursday, second game on a back to back on the road, or Saturday at a noon start. With the team presumably out on South Beach until 6 a.m. the day of, uh, which one? So I'm going to will us to a victory on that second game because we are absolutely going to get boat raced on that uh, on the Saturday. So uh, two and two went over the next went over the Heat one time.
0: I'll also say two and two. I think. I actually think they'll have a better chance against the Hawks than the Knicks. I feel like the Knicks are just annoying, but the Hawks are one of those teams where if the Shops fall, they're going to be unbeatable, and maybe this is a game where the shots just don't fall. I don't know. I'm absolutely not feeling confident in any way, shape, or form about that Saturday, Miami. The good thing is, if Chris is out, I know we don't have to worry about his play being super hungover, probably walking into well, it's not, is it still the FTX arena now? I
1: don't know. I think it's just, like, the arena. I don't yeah, whatever arena. Anymore.
0: We don't have to worry about Chris being out Friday night and walking in to shoot around still drunk, so we don't, we don't have to worry about that.
1: <laughs> we don't have to worry about Chris having to literally play with sunglasses on, because...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I think we're going to be good. Um, I mean, we're still looking at a Pat Connaughton Jordan Wara situation where they're out on the prowl that night, but... No, it was bad enough that it was going to be a Saturday. It's bad enough that it's a noon game. It's bad enough it's in Miami. But you're saying they're going to have a chance to have a Friday night in Miami not and then good. turn around and play at noon? No, no, they're not winning that Saturday game. <laughs> if we thought the Toronto first quarter was bad, that this might be worse.
1: Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be great. But, you know. Maybe it'll be entertaining for being a big train wreck. Maybe that's what we'll be into it for.
0: I mean, what else are you going to watch at noon on a Saturday? Books basketball. That's all you got. Yeah, that's what you got to do, but that will do it for this week's episode. Make sure to follow us on brew hoop and make sure to read all the stuff that's going on. Riley's Monday morning media roundup. We have Vance report card. I'm going to hopefully have a piece on what we learned from the month of December um i know you know i'm sure morgan and julie and everyone else on the staff is going to have something interesting make sure to follow us make sure to like subscribe and share it with your friends and we will talk to you again later